Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. 2020, you miserable rat bastard of a year. Enjoy tonight, buddy. As time zone by time zone, you get dumped in the trash can of history. Now, sure, we don't know if 2021 is actually going to be better. Maybe it'll still be bad. Heck, maybe it'll be even worse. But at least it might be better. And there's light at the end of the tunnel. And in sports 2020, you changed almost everything. The world's most famous springtime golf tournament, little thing called the Masters, that was played in the fall. The world's oldest major championship in golf, the Open Championship, the British Open, that wasn't played at all. Bubble hockey was something that used to cost us a couple of quarters at the local arcade. But thanks to you, bubble hockey was what was used to decide the Stanley Cup champion. Zoom was how I used to describe Connor McDavid's skating style. Now it's how I have to interview him. And in an odd way, 2020, you've turned us all into football players because, well, we got to wear masks. The countdown is on to the end of the year, six hours, well, a little under six hours here in the good old mountain time zone. Thanks for spending part of New Year's Eve with me on Inside Sports. I'll tell you what, I, as I usually am, I am happy to hear from you this evening. And if you've actually taken the time to tune into this radio show on New Year's Eve, I greatly appreciate it. So if you do call or text, pretty good chance we'll have time for you. <laughs> 780-496-0063 is the number. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. And uh, you can email inside sports at 630ched.com. The World Junior Game. Dylan Holloway has one of the Canadian goals. He's the Oilers' first-round pick from October. Seven minutes left at Rogers Place. Canada up 3-1 on Finland. Canada dominating territorially, especially through uh, the first half of this game. Shots are 37-14 in favor of Canada. If they win, they get first in the pool, and they will play Czech Republic in a quarterfinal. That game will be played on Saturday. Oh, I should get this in, too. The, the, don't forget about the 50-50. If you want to participate in that, and I, I, if you if you would like to have a little bit of extra money on hand, why not participate? The pot is over five million dollars now. If your number gets drawn, you have to settle for half of that. But this was the uh, and and there have been some significant size pots already. I was talking last night that uh, uh, I think a group of eight nurses at Lloyd Minster won one of the pots. This has been going on every day during the World Junior Tournament and will continue until the fifth. But today's they started at half a million dollars, so it had a little extra push there, little extra hype. It's actually clicked up uh, a couple of tens of thousands of dollars as I'm talking to you about it. $5.07 million is the 50-50 pot, and you still have until 10 o'clock tonight to buy. HockeyCanada.ca slash 50-50. We'll, uh, we'll keep you updated on, on that amount throughout Inside Sports this evening. I bought some tickets earlier today because why not? 
So there you go. Jamie already texting into the show. He says, Reed, you can let double E fans know that the uh, S and it is still esks.com. Esk store is having a massive clearance sale on merch that ends tonight. Many items over 75% off. Jamie, thanks for checking in with that. Well, maybe people will have time to shop online tonight since they're not going out and the parties are going to be a lot smaller than they usually are. Tell you what, I, I'm I'm, I'm going to throw a few things out there because, uh, you know, why not? Last show of the year, we'll try to keep it light and uh, maybe make you smile a little bit. And I posted this on Twitter a few minutes as well. And you can chime in with this. Your bold sports prediction for 2021 is fill in the blank. Your bold sports prediction for 2021 is fill in the blank. You can reply to the tweet I put out there. You can uh, text it in. You can call in. So that's what we'll see. Now, a, a few people have replied. And as you might guess in this part of the world, the most popular reply is that the Oilers will win the Cup in 2021. So that would be pretty cool. But some people are going uh, going some other ways. Uh, Bill has replied by saying Buffalo Bills, Super Bowl champions. I could see that happening. That is a bold prediction. They got to get by the Chiefs. I do think they're better than everybody else in the AFC. Rob says the Detroit Red Wings finally draft number one, which if not for that pesky lottery, they would have this year, but they uh, what they dropped all the way down to fourth. Uh, Rod says the Leafs miss the playoffs. An account called Nuja's Teddy Bear. I don't know how people think of these handles sometimes. He says, Miko Koskinen gets some Vesna votes and see account, an account named RBS is trolling me because he says the Riders win the Grey Cup. Uh, so there you go. Oh, somebody else said that too. Jeff, he says, Riders Grey Cup champ if CFL actually happens. Well, we'll, uh, we'll keep an eye on that as we move along tonight and have a little bit of fun. You can also tell me if you like... Your favorite moment or game or play from 2020, and we're going to get to mine in a couple minutes because it happened on this very station. And I, you, you probably know what we're going to do, but most of you love that play-by-play. So we're just going to play it here when we uh, when we have a second. But you can tell me your favorite game, play, or moment of 2020. And let's let's keep it to the stuff that actually happened in competition. There were a lot of other big stories. Most of it involved around uh, seasons being delayed or canceled or team names being changed. But let's keep it to stuff that happened in competition. Speaking of the NFL, the Chiefs had that playoff game against the Texans. They're down 24 nothing, five minutes into the second quarter. Not only did they win the game, they had the lead by halftime, 28-24. I'll always remember that one. Uh, a couple of putts that uh, the John Rahm and Dustin Johnson made in the final tour event of the year to determine the championship there. Uh, Rahm made this huge breaking, snaking putt that uh, that I'll remember. And I, I, I think you got to throw in the, uh, the five-overtime game between Columbus and Tampa Bay during the Stanley Cup playoffs. So just some moments there. But number one for me, if you're asking me in 10, 20, 30, 40 years, or however long I got, what's something that happened in 2020 that sticks with you? Well, here it is. You know it's coming. 
Nurse has scored from that angle before. Bear shot redirected behind Talbot, poked in by Gagne, but it's going to be waved off. And now Talbot lands a couple of shots on Gagne. Yeah, there's history. Quickly, there's history between Gagne Giordano and Gagne. goes after Mark Giordano and hit him twice. And now he's being held from behind. And now we've got a wild scrum with fights breaking out all over the place. Mangiapane and Jason. Giordano has Gagne wrapped up. And Matthew Kachuk and Ethan Bear are going to drop the gloves. Bear belts him with the right hand. Kachuk counters with a straight right. Right hook, Ethan Bear. Left jab, Matthew Kachuk. And now we're going to have a goalie fight. Bear throws the right hand. Here comes Cam Talbot and Mike Smith. They're going to go in center ice. Talbot short with the right hand. Smith, three clubbing right hands. Right hand Talbot. Big right-handed shot from Mike Smith. This is the battle of Alberta we've been waiting for for three decades. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Ed Jack paints the picture so well. The goalie fight game, and don't forget the Oilers won the game 8-3, an uh, absolute dominant performance. They set a team record for most shots on goal in a period in the second period, but that was uh, all hell breaking loose near the end of the second period. Started with the goal mouth scramble. Mike Smith skates to center ice. Uh, Darnell Nurse points to him. Talbot goes out and takes him on. And that's, I mean, for me, that's easily the number one memory of 2020. I wish there would have been more Oilers playoff memories. Obviously, that wound up to be a bit of a dud, and then we didn't get to see them in the fall. They're going to hit the ice for training camp on Sunday, and the first game here on 6.30 Chet will be Wednesday, January 13th, when they host the Vancouver Canucks. But absolutely for the uh, for the goalie fight. Luke writes in and says, my prediction for 2021, the Saints will win the Super Bowl, and Connor and Leon both get 50 goals. Now, Luke, I want to clarify. You're saying they will both get 50 goals in 56 games because remember, this is a shortened season. That would be incredible if they both got 50 and 56, almost a goal a game. I, I would expect the Oilers would probably finish in first place in the regular season in the North Division if, if that happened. But Luke's coming in with a big prediction there. Saints definitely got a shot. They're a good team. Uh, Jay Bueller writes in, who has been a, uh, a very uh, loyal and warm-hearted and honest listener over the past couple of years on Inside Sports. Uh, Jay, I, I hope you don't mind rereading your text because uh, it's pretty emotional and I know you've messaged me privately a few times and I just hope you're doing okay. Uh, Jay says, uh, 2020, you gave me cancer, chemo and radiation, major surgery, more chemo and capped off the year with a stroke. But here I am listening to read on New Year's Eve and you can't take that away from me. Jay, wow, that uh, that that's emotional. And that's really a, one of the joys of this job is to is to connect with people and uh, maybe feel like some people out there, uh, you know, just uh, just feel like they can tell you stuff and are uh, enjoying the conversation. So, Jay, thanks for that. I actually didn't know that uh, you also had a stroke, buddy. I hope you're doing okay. But I'm glad you're at home and I'm glad you're listening to the show tonight. 780-496-0063. Canada has scored to add a little bit of insurance. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chat. Canada wins it 4-1 over Finland. Dylan Cousins scores twice. He opened the scoring. He finished it with an empty netter. Oilers prospect Dylan Holloway scores. So Canada 4, Finland 1. They're 4-0. They get first in the pool. They will now play the Czech Republic in the quarterfinals. Sweden and USA 
coming up in a little over an hour at Rogers Place to sort out the top three in Pool B at the World Juniors. Appreciate you tuning in tonight. It's 621. Bob Stoffer and a legendary, well, let's face it, it's not legendary. I can't even say that with a straight face, but he'll have a quiz for Stoffer coming up uh, between 6.30 and 7 tonight. Luke has written back. He says, my bad, I forgot about the short season. So he has uh, revising his prediction for the goal total for Connor and Leon. He says they will both get 30 goals in 56 games, which uh, that's definitely possible. Certainly Leon's been uh, on that pace before. Al writes in, he goes, Tom, terrific Brady wins his seventh Super Bowl and leaves no doubt who the greatest ever is. Oh, I'm going to tell you something, Al. I I already think there's no doubt Tom Brady's the greatest ever. I don't know if he needs another Super Bowl to confirm that he's the greatest. I I will say that. I I think he's already the greatest NFLer. And this is coming from somebody who, for some reason, I just don't like Boston teams generally. And I I certainly uh, do not like the Patriots. But you got to acknowledge that he's outstanding and he's the best quarterback of all time. So I don't think he needs to, like, to me, Tampa Bay, Al, could have gone 0-16 this year and he could have thrown 400 interceptions and he'd still be the greatest quarterback of all time. Uh, so, who, Al, who do you have up there with Brady then? Who, did, you, if, did you have somebody still ahead of him by a nose? I, I, who would that be? I'm curious to know that. Your bold sports prediction for 2021. Brenda says, I will be sitting in my seat at Rogers Place in the fall watching my Oilers play a regular season hockey game. I hope so. I think that might be possible for the fall. Uh, I'm not optimistic there will be fans in the Canadian buildings for the uh, the 2021 season, the one that's coming up. Oh, I like Thomas writing in with a golf prediction. He says, McElroy completes the career Grand Slam and wins the Masters. That's a pretty good one. That could happen. I mean, McElroy's still young. He's only 31. Reggie with a lot of positive energy tonight. He says the CFL folds under bankruptcy. I don't know about that. Uh, I mean, it's not a great time for the uh, Canadian Football League, but I, 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 st- I still think they're going to make it. I don't think they're going to have to fold. Oh, somebody says Bill Belichick retires. That, no, that could happen. I mean, it's not a great year for New England after Brady left. And here's one from an account called If Grandpa Could Tweet. Boy, there are some people with some uh, creativity on Twitter. If Grandpa could tweet, says his bold prediction for 2020, the Edmonton Football Club is renamed the North Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I don't know if that would fly. (laughs) That might be... (laughs) I I don't know how well that would go over. I don't know how they'd incorporate the EE logo. (laughs) The North, the North Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Well, it's 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 been over twenty years since we've had two teams named Rough Riders in the CFL. Maybe it's time to bring it back. Uh, this texture says Packers Bills Super Bowl, Green Bay winning thirty four twenty seven. All right, we'll uh, we'll keep referring to those in and out as we move along tonight. You can call or text seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. And I was also reading replies off my Twitter account at Reed Wilkins R E I D W I L K I N S. A year ago on New Year's Eve, Rogers Place, remember that game? 6 nothing Oilers late in the second period, and they almost lost. 
Yamamoto had to get an empty netter to win it. I, I remember that one. They were crushing the Rangers. The Rangers were rattled. With Gorgiev uh, smashed his goal stick. The Rangers got uh, you know a penalty for arguing after uh, after allowing a goal, and the Oilers went in and scored again. James Neal got a hat trick, and the, the the Oilers nearly blew it. I mean, Panarin was awesome in that game, and the Rangers got it down to six five, and it was tense. And then Yamamoto intercepted a pass in the high slot, broke out, got it to Kara, got it back to Yamo for the empty netter. And the Oilers did pretty good after that. Uh, I mean, they had the, the fourth best record in the NHL after New Year's Eve, and then that all got derailed by the pandemic. But that's one thing that I flashed back to uh, a year ago tonight, just like we were flashing back to Gretzky's 50-39 and 39, way back in 1981 last night with Doug Hicks. That was a fun interview with Doug Hicks, by the way. You missed that. You can go to the Inside Sports Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or go to the show page on 630chat.com all right sweden and uh and usa coming up at rogers place so we'll keep you updated on that one once it uh faces off the uh a bowl game today the armed forces bowl between tulsa and mississippi state it was won by mississippi state 28 26 if you have not already seen the video of it maybe check it out or you'll see it on a sportscast tonight a huge brawl at the end of the game, uh, just checking for an update here, apparently still unclear what sparked the fight, but there was kicking, punching, several members of both teams. It kind of started near midfield and moved down the sideline during the post-game handshake, uh, kind of wound up in sort of down in a corner by an end zone. And there there were some guys who were pretty vicious. Now, it was helmets on, so there were a lot of, uh, I think, fists bouncing off helmets and stuff like that. But uh, it was uh, it was pretty crazy. So check that out if you haven't seen it. Tulsa and Mississippi State after the Armed Forces Bowl. I'm just watching it today, and it's like dozens of players on the field running around. There was a, a pileup on about the 15-yard line, punches being thrown. You can see guys swinging, trying to be – I mean, team officials and coaches are trying to separate some of the players, but there's just too many of them involved to really break it up. Thanks for checking us out tonight as we get set to roll into 2021. Canada rolls to another win at the World Juniors. 4-1 over the Finns. Dylan Holloway, Oilers prospect, gets a goal. Dylan Cousins scores a couple. Canada gets first in the pool. They'll play the Czech Republic in the quarters. The Czechs today knocking off Austria 7-0. Sweden and the United States Coming up at 7.30, dramatic game last night between Sweden and Russia. Russia won it in overtime, ending that, uh, what were they up to? Like 13, 14-year winning streak? <laughs> like it, was, it wasn't games, it was years for Sweden in pool play at the round robin. And uh, despite all that dominance in, in the round robin, they, they'd only have uh, one gold medal to show for all those years at the top of their pool. So anyway, uh, Sweden and the United States coming up tonight. They still got to sort it out in Group B. Russia has eight points, Sweden seven, and the United States six. So the winner of that game will, uh, well, I guess the United States and Russia could be tied with eight points if the United States wins an overtime or a shootout. But we'll see how that shakes down tonight. So they still got to sort out the top three spots. The Czech Republic will finish fourth, Austria's last. They were not able to win a game. I really appreciate that this gentleman is making time for me tonight. We've had him on... uh, 
almost every week since the pandemic started and he's usually on the show quite a bit but he has been extra generous with his time and it is much appreciated it is the host of Oilers now the one and only Bob Stoffer. Bob how's it going buddy? Good Reed. how are you? I'm doing very well thanks for checking in tonight uh this Canadian team is good eh I mean the first 30 minutes or so especially it was uh they were all over him it was dominance yeah i went to the game uh tuesday against switzerland and uh like they got 19 first rounders you know in terms of the skaters so i mean they, this is how deep they are they've lost their best player who was kirby doc the one guy who spent all of last season in the nhl you know they're gonna they're gonna dominate the territorial play. They're gonna shoot opposition teams. Uh, but much as I have seen over the years of uh, my beloved Alberta Golden Bears in a single game elimination, anything can happen. And we even saw a bit of that tonight. I mean, the Finns. It was you know Canada was out shooting them like seventeen one in the first. So one nothing game. Finland gets a bounce there. It's a different hockey game, and that's just the reality. You have a, an equalizer in terms of a goalie. He played well tonight for Finland, but Canada's deep up front. Uh, they just keep coming at you in waves, and it's a, sort of a a reoccurring theme, uh, Reed, in years in which NHL play isn't going on, right? 94-95, that year was in Red Deer. Canada was unbelievable. The lockout was taking place. Um uh, then again in uh, 04 05, you know, we didn't have any hockey in the NHL for a year. That might have been Canada's greatest team ever. Even the Nuge year, uh, when we had the lockout in 12 13, and Nugent Hopkins was the best, in my opinion, the best player at that tournament. He was voted top forward. And Canada just had one of those games where they had an off game against the U.S. that ultimately knocked them out of a gold medal situation. So uh, they're deep. They're deeper this year than they were in uh, that 12 13 season. And. Uh, I don't agree with everything Hockey Canada does in terms of, you know, sort of some of the th stuff that goes on a bit behind the scenes. But uh, this Turgney's got a terrific reputation as a coach for getting a lot out of his players. And he clearly has done that here in this tournament t so far. But all that being said, Reed, you know the game. In a single elimination, anything can happen. Yeah, you're, well, I mean, even Canada's game earlier, like Slovakia was getting outplayed, but they hung in there. And then even when Canada went up 2-0, they, they got one to, to stay in at 2-1. I know those weren't elimination games. And I know, and Rob and I talked about it last night, he played in this tournament in the 80s, and, and Canada won some games 9-1. I think they had a 12-2. And I know there's been talk about, are there too many teams in the tournament? Do they need to change it? And I'm like... I don't know why. I mean, Germany, sure, Germany lost really badly when they were also undermanned. They got third in their pool. They might have the best player, <laughs> might have the player performing the best in the tournament with Stutzley. And I think that if you have teams taking on the top competition, that's still better for them trying to develop and become a better hockey nation than being the the best team in pool b you know like sure maybe the tournament as a whole would be better if you narrowed it down to eight teams or even six but i i don't mind having the the quote-unquote minnows in it and sometimes you do get enough so remember when switzerland beat russia a few years ago didn't need a rider score an overtime goal so i say you know i know they did the, the blowouts are tough to watch but i think you can leave the tournament as it is how about when switzerland beat canada in the 2006 olympics and shut them out to nothing i mean it can happen uh, i'm with you uh, i mean it was i felt a little bit bad for the german players because of the confluence of events and you know their goal their goalies gave away three goals in that game but just handed pucks to canada into empty nets read uh I, I, you know what it's the, the reality of the situation is Canada's different though like when when you mentioned Rob Brown going back in the late 1980s Canada was the most physical team in that tournament 
And there were, like, the, the Russians probably had more skill. Though a guy like Rob was an incredibly skilled player. But Canada was the more physical team. Now, Canada is probably not the most physical team in the tournament. But they have the most skill. There's no question. And they have depth of skill, right? Yeah, you make a good point, Bob. And I, I, I can remember watching the World Juniors in the 80s. The TV schedule was was different. A lot of times CBC might pick up Canada's final couple of games, especially if the tournament was in Europe. You might have to get up at 4 or 5 in the morning to watch. I think Don Whitman would go over and call some games. But I can definitely remember... Uh, and even that one year, the tournament was in Minnesota, but I think Canada got to play a couple games in Winnipeg. They oh, 80, went out. Yeah. They went out there with the mentality that they were just going to run over teams, and I yeah. and I don't think we quite. I, I st- obviously Canada still has that mentality of being tough and being rugged, but I I don't think that's the primary way we've been trying to win games for quite a while. Well, we've placed an incredible emphasis on skill, really, since 98. And Germany did something similar in soccer after they crashed out of the 2,000 Euros. And Germany might not have the best player in soccer, but they probably have five or six of the top 50 players in the world. Actually, this year with Robert Levin, well, he's Polish, but, I mean, he plays in their league. So, But, you know, where I'm going with this is in Canada's case, we actually do have the three best players in the world. Like, right. you know, when you're when you're rolling out uh, McDavid, McKinnon, and and Crosby, uh, you know, like Leon, Leon's, you know, Leon's right there. So is Austin Matthews. Uh, you know, obviously Pasternak's in the mix, Kane's in the mix, but I'm I'm thinking more specifically of centers. And Canada, Canada's emphasis on skill has, in my opinion, when Canada's got full access to best on best, they're going to be a tough out. But the, the equalizer is a single-game elimination, so that comes with the territory. We should mention Broberg is going to play tonight. Uh, he's been dealing with a core issue. Looks to me like it's a Charlie horse. Doesn't look like he can fully extend. Was not the same player in last night's game. That is not something that uh, tends to give you long-term uh, debilitating issues, which is why he's continuing to play. Watching Holloway play the other night, and again tonight, it's clear uh, you know he's reluctant to shoot the puck. Of course, he missed a game, and they've specifically stated it was upper upper body so i would think it might have been a shoulder issue uh but you know those there should be some excitement over those two guys i mean holloway hasn't killed it offensively reed broberg was terrific offensively in the first game this is a big game tonight between sweden and the u.s and and really the the headline i I take out of what you said so far with the goaltenders for germany giving up three goals that's going to be my tweet stoffer says 16-2 win was actually 13-2 Canada in crisis didn't win by enough. No, don't don't tweet that. Now, do you know the, do you know the, you know the story about the 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 confluence of events between eighty one and eighty seven when the U of A in eighty one the U of A made up a large portion of the World University team in eighty seven the Alberta Golden Bears basically withdrew from the Canada West playoffs to represent Canada in the World University game. So they beat South Korea thirty one nothing in eighty one, and Claire Drake did not want to repeat of that. So when they played them in eighty seven, they got up read twelve one after two and uh, called off the proverbial dogs. Every skater on the ice had to touch the puck before they could shoot. They won that game 13-1. The third string goalie was Brian Harley. His son, Thomas Harley, is on Team Canada's defense today. Oh, great connection. That is awesome. Let's let's transition here to a little bit of Oilers talk, and I do have a quiz tonight because I know you get excited about that. Obviously, since uh, Christmas, we've had Cuckoo, we've had the Bear Deal, and uh, the Devon Shore and Ryan Stanton PTO has piqued my interest a little bit, especially with Devon Shore, Bob. He did have a couple double-digit goal years, not as productive in 1819 and 1920. I-, I think we know who the Oilers' top three centers are going to be. 
Uh, you know, I, I think he's got a chance to push, and I think it might be maybe a wake-up call for some guys who might have thought that they had uh, the inside track on that position. Well, Juju Arcara had a bad year last year at even strength. You know, he, he was pretty good on the penalty kill. Um, pretty good. You know, was pretty solid penalty killer, but he uh, he didn't kill it at even strength. I think he was minus nineteen, and Sheehan was minus twenty. In true five on five situations. Uh, to me, Jujar is not guaranteed a spot in the top twelve. I know they'd like Haas to, to push a bit. Haas has got a he's going to be a little bit delayed. I I don't think he's going to be on the ice the first day on the Monday, uh, just because of what transpired with uh, his club team over in Switzerland. He never got COVID, but some members of his team did. So I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure. In that but obviously we all thought Haas and uh Kara were going to compete for fourth line center and now you add in a little mix uh you, you know and it, it's funny because there's so many shores there's Drew there's Nick uh this one's Devin he, uh, Devin Ken Hitchcock's been a big fan of his for a while he can play all three forward positions there's a catch here though Reed if he signs he has to sign a two-way deal because he might be a guy that ends up on the uh, read on the proverbial taxi squad as a depth guy, mm-hmm. and it will help his cause if the Oilers can minor him. I mean, he didn't have anything else going. So I, I, I like you, think there's a distinct possibility he ultimately gets signed. The Oilers are at 46 contracts. He can play in the NHL, but I think it will have to be on a two-way. Yeah, and I and, you know it's somebody already texted in. Reed, how good is Devin Shore if he didn't have a contract until the week before camp? I, I get that question. We got it about Shane last year, and it is a depth player, and you're looking for a certain element. And with Shane, they were looking for penalty killing. They I, yep. they probably knew he might struggle five on five. I'm sure they were hoping it wasn't to that extent. But Shane was brought in specifically to lift the penalty killing out of the basement. And you're talking about Jujar's penalty kill. Look, and I'm not trying to run him down, but the year, the year the Oilers had that penalty kill that was 54% in late January on home ice, he and Ryan Strom are also the first two penalty killers off the ice. Jujar was now in the second or third wave this year, often with Nuge. So, you know, I think that changed the dynamic of the PK too. But anyway, I, I do think Shore's got a chance if he plays well. All right. Uh, what, what else do you want to talk about? Are you, you must be excited about the football games tomorrow. Are you going to be able to watch both? I am watching both games, yes, and certainly watching Alabama against Notre Dame. Last time I checked, Alabama was 19.5-point favorites. Uh, boy, And just, just to re- reiterate, like we have a situation where we have two other players, and there's been a little bit of criticism on the performance of those guys from some people out there on Twitter because that's what people do. They're critical of other people on Twitter. But uh, those guys are playing through injuries to play. Last night, Florida played a, a game where all four of their, their entire starting wide receiving core Two guys were like one of them is a, a tight end slash uh, uh, receiver type that's going to go in the first round of the draft. He opted out of playing. Uh, their little swing scat back guy that had 150 yards against Alabama in the SEC championship game, he opted out. And so did two other guys. So their entire receiving core opted out of the championship game, and their entire defensive line opted out of the the championship game. And here we got two guys playing through injuries because it's the World Juniors. So sometimes you need a little bit of perspective. But Alabama, Reed, has got a, a program where nobody's opted out and everybody's been committed. Uh, you know, they run a top-flight program. It's going to be tough for Notre Dame. Notre Dame just, I mean, the entire Alabama team are five- and four-star recruits. And uh, and by the way, guess who had the best recruiting class uh, for the upcoming 2021 season? You got it, Alabama. Did you see the fight this afternoon? Tulsa, I, Mississippi State? Yeah. Uh, now, was it the Mississippi player number four that kicked the guy in the head? I didn't. I didn't see the specific yeah, kick to the right, head. I read right, there was right, kicking. 
Yeah, right at the end. Right at the end of the melee, there was a player that uh, basically karate kicked a guy that was on the ground in the head. Oh, jeez. That kid That's... would be. I that kid wouldn't even be on our team bus if it was me after the game. It'd be see you later. Like it's about as cheap and as brutal as you would see. I mean, it was it was. Mike Leach is the program. Uh, he's the head coach. He's he's legendary because he makes some pretty interesting comments during his press conferences when we still used to have press conferences. He uh, ran the uh, air raid at Texas Tech. Uh, then he went up to Washington State, uh, and now he's in the SEC. It didn't go well for him in the first year. Uh, crazy stuff, no question about that. All right. Are you ready? I, I just did two questions today. Uh -oh. I, have, I have no idea how you're going to do. I used to think that they were easy or hard, so now I just roll with them. The quiz for Stoffer. Sure. So I was trying to, I, I the New Year's Eve game, Montreal and, and the Red Army, I don't know. I, I figured you have that game memorized. The other team that toured that year was, was the Soviet Wings. Now, the Red yes. Army went 2-1-1. One, and one. Mm -hmm. The Soviet Wings actually went 3-1. and one. Their only loss was the Buffalo. Was, yeah, absolutely. You guys, you remember the score as a bonus? Well, a I brought it up. I brought it up today because we were talking about Brian's. <laughs> oh, I Brian, Sorry, Brian Spinner Spencer on the show. I think the score was twelve six. Does that sound it, right? It was, and I'm sorry I missed that. I had to record some stuff while you yeah. were on, so I, I only heard the first half hour. But yeah, it was. It was the the, the Bills won by a touchdown. I yeah, so, I mean, the French connection was the big deal, but Spinner Spencer was the more popular player. You know the whole story. Spinner's dad held up the CBC in Prince George because it was the first year the Canucks were in the league. Spinner had been recalled by the Leafs. He wanted to see the Leafs play Chicago, so he basically took CBC and you know got gunned down by the rcmp outside the cbc building and spinner spencer found out that his the night he was voted second star that his father had died in a, a hostage situation up in up in prince george and prince uh, unfortunately for spinner spencer after his nhl career ended he got accused of a significant crime of which he was acquitted for his former teammates the including the french connection bailed him out but then he too was murdered in florida uh, back in the mid-1980s all right 1995 World Juniors, you referenced that was a real powerhouse team for Canada. Red Deer hosted, though this was a unique tournament because uh, there uh, were there were games all over Alberta, including Edmonton, Calgary, Rocky Mountain House, Stetler, some AJHL rinks, you know, Sherwood Park, Lacombe. It was pretty cool how they did it. Pinocchio had a game. What Canadian was named the top forward of the tournament? top forward well marty murray led the tournament in scoring but I that's don't... correct is that who it was he and jason allison led the tournament in yeah. scoring 15 yeah. points each yeah. mccabe who was top defenseman had uh 12 points do you, do you remember who was unbelievable chicago blackhawks draft pick well daze was in that tournament yeah he was fantastic yeah and, you know six foot four guy was skill canada was just i think they scored 49 goals yeah they uh, oh i pretty... can tell you I think they scored 49 goals in the seven games, and you know, but you know what? You're, you're looking at Canada right now. They're outscoring teams 33 to four through their first four. So I don't know if they're going to get to 49. I guess they'd have to get 15 more per game. But Canada was awesome that year, 94, 95. Ryan Smith was a 13th forward on Team Canada. That's how good Team Canada was. Yeah. I, I went to the game, I think it was New Year's Day, they played Finland at, uh, I don't know if it would have been called Edmonton Coliseum at the time or if it was still Northlands. And I remember... I believe Finland scored on a penalty shot to kind of keep it interesting. But Canada won 6-4, but they were pretty much... Was Theodore the goalie? Uh, Jose Theodore? Yeah. Um, I don't, You know what? He, I he don't have, have the... F that, that sounds right to me. That I'll sounds have to right. double-check that. 
that he would have been one of the goalies at that time for sure yeah all right Re- hey Reed. bob thanks buddy hey happy new year we're gonna be uh well we're gonna be busy here coming up uh, january 13th oh, i'm looking forward to it man I, by the know, way, i'm so excited by the way 198 out of 205 over the last since uh the the, the pause for Oilers now the the host made it for 198 of the 205 shows so you know oh. The only thing better than that is, you know, starting on January 4th on the Monday, we're going to town because we are going to, you know, we're going to be compressed schedule. It is going to be awesome. Let's let's go, Reed. Let's go. Yeah, let's get after it, man. Thanks, Thanks buddy. man. See ya. That is Bob Stoffer checking in tonight on Inside Sports. Love having him on the show. Did pretty well with the quiz for Stoffer tonight, as I usually expect him to do. Coach Vic replied to my tweet. Your bold prediction for 2021, uh, Coach Vic says the Las Vegas Posse win the Grey Cup and Shania will do the halftime show. There we go. Back. Thank you, Mr. Smith. Got a text here from Kevin who says if one of the provinces that has a Canadian NHL team winds up saying that the team can't play in their arena, does that mean all seven teams have to go down to the States or will that team play out of one of the other Canadian teams' arenas. Kevin, I would think in that scenario that the one team would have to have a temporary home staying in Canada. I, I think if it would have been, you know, maybe five teams or six that th- they would have moved them to, United, to the United States and then probably the North Division would have been abolished and they would have stuck with the divisions as is. But I, I think if it was just, and we've talked about this possibility with Vancouver, that maybe they'd have Edmonton or Calgary as a home or or split time between a couple of cities until they could get into their own arena. So yeah, Kevin, good question. But I, I think if it's just one team that it would stay in Canada and would have to play its home games in another rink or or rinks. 780-496-0063, the number to call or text. Good to have Stoffer on the show. And uh, yeah, Devin Shore is an interesting one to me. He's uh, he's 26, former second-round draft pick of the Dallas Stars, 61st overall back in 2012. Went to the University of Maine, played for the Texas Stars, and really became a full-time NHLer in the 16-17 season. And he was pretty good for Dallas that year. He had 33 points in 82 games. The next year he had 32 points in 82 games. And then in 18-19, he was traded to Anaheim about halfway through the season. Still had 10 goals. And uh, last year, obviously, a shortened season. He didn't quite have the same type of numbers. He had five goals in uh, in 45 games. So over a, a full season, he would have been hard-pressed probably to get to double digits. He was traded from Anaheim to Columbus for Sonny Milano. But I think that's, uh, that's, that's an interesting guy to bring in on a PTO. 6'1", about 205 pounds, decent size. And, and like Bob and I referenced, I, I think that's somebody that uh, might be a bit of a wake-up call for Jujar Karap, who is, has, you know, has been productive at times but inconsistent at times while he's been an Edmonton Oilers. So I think the Oilers uh, want to have as many guys around as possible to compete for those depth spots. And as Bob mentioned with the taxi squad, maybe have somebody in there on a, good, on a, on a two-way deal who's going to be uh, with the team and can be, called up and inserted into the roster into the lineup if uh, if it comes to that so something to keep in mind with devon shore uh this texture says uh reed just about to head out to blockbuster video any recommendations for a new year's eve movie okay 
Well, I appreciate that. Calling back to my days uh, working at Blockbuster Video. I tell you what, if you were going to Blockbuster Video at 7 o'clock on New Year's Eve, you probably weren't going to get your movie of choice. I, I worked, uh, well, I can remember one New Year's Eve specifically working at the Strathcona location, which I think is now an Orange Theory and something else. I can't remember what it is. Uh, I worked during the day and uh, we were swamped. It was just me and the store manager working because usually during the day there, you only needed a couple people and uh, we were busy. <laughs> we, we were busy. And I remember I must've got asked for Raiders of the Lost Ark 20 times and it was probably rented out five minutes after the store opened. So thank, thank goodness we have streaming. You can just dial up whatever you want. 780-496-0063 for your sports comments and I suppose your blockbuster video remarks. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.